Hey, good afternoon, you. How are you? We're here again, you and me. It's five o'clock here. That is British summertime in Salford. A lovely day today, in fact, this Tuesday. is the 4th of July, 2023. Happy Independence Day, Yankees. Happy Independence Day. I hope all is well in your world today. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, I've got a brilliant guest for you today. You know who he is. Mark Boyerski returns to the program. Cannot wait for that. Top, top man. He's an author. He's an energy healer. The founder of the Pure Energy Healing Academy. He's much more besides. Mark joins me. In around about 45 minutes' time, we're going to have a lovely conversation. And I look forward to hearing from you during that. I imagine, or I do imagine, there will be things on your mind when Mark is chatting with me. Put them to me. Get in touch via the app or via the website. Because it's only been a couple of months, less, less, I've got to keep mentioning the app. There is an app now for the programme. You can get it via the App Store if your device is an Apple device. Okay, if yours is an Android device, get it via Google Play. Look for The Richie Allen Show and do persevere. And if it is a thing that it says it isn't available in your country, you can download a VPN, Victor Papa Nova VPN. It's a virtual private network and then you'll be able to download it. The lovely thing about the app is you've got apps on your smartphone or on your tablet the Richie Allen shows will just slot right in amongst your other apps. When you press it, you'll be hearing the show immediately. And you can then send an instant message to the studio right here on this screen here in front of me. Happy Independence Day. Yes. I hope you have a blast. I hope you fire up the Barbie and uh, get the fireworks lit. It might be a bit early for that as we generally tend to start our days earlier than they do in the US of A. So depending on where you are, if you're on the West Coast, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. If you're on the East Coast, it's 12 noon. Might be a bit early. Then again, it might not. I mentioned on our website, it's our website, richieallen.co.uk, yesterday, that Ofcom, which is the broadcast media regulator here in the UK, is looking into Jacob Rees-Mogg and his GB News programme. Yes, I mentioned this on the website yesterday. Now, it's also said today, Ofcom, that it's looking into politicians hosting their own news programmes more generally. So it's taking a grand old gander at the idea that politicians should be given radio programmes where they get to talk bollocks just like me. But, but unlike me, they don't get challenged. They don't get challenged by anybody. They don't introduce anybody who might, um, you know, who might have a different worldview. It's a bizarre thing. You will have heard me rant on about this going back three, four, five years ago when Farage was on LBC, when David Lammy was on LBC. And I was saying how wonderfully, deliciously dystopian it is that they are replacing journalists who had gone bad, crap journalists, with politicians. There was a certain irony there, wasn't there, dear listener? Wasn't there really? 
you know, they replaced people who wouldn't ask politicians hard questions or difficult questions with the politicians themselves. Wonderful. Anyway, so Ofcom is looking into it, particularly an edition of GB News Sunday morning programme, which is presented by Esther and Philip. That's Esther, pronounced T-H's boy. Esther and Philip, their husband and wife, by the way, Esther McVeigh and Philip Davies, they're MPs. They're MPs and they have their own Sunday morning programme where they, I presume, spew their propaganda unchallenged. It's wonderful. Anyway, the Ofcom rules around politicians presenting TV and radio as he scratches his eye um, were introduced in 2005, funnily enough. So they're looking into all this stuff and um, they're going to report on it by the end of the year. They might. I don't know if Ofcom will find it within itself as an organisation if it will have the the cojones the Leorodi to tell GB News to tell Talk TV LBC and anybody else listen you cannot put an MP or a local authority local councillor on the air as a news presenter you just cannot do that you are welcome to employ these dipsticks so long as they're not working in politics I don't know Here's an interesting news story. It won't surprise you. The Telegraph was all over this today. The government was told in November 2020, it was told that more children would die from suicide than would die from COVID-19. Now, the government was told this before it ordered the closure of schools. What manner of morons are these people? But then they're not really morons. What they are... I think you and I know this is they're heavily compromised individuals who do what they're told. But imagine being told by a briefing from, you know, pretty well-established men and women in various medical fields. Imagine being told, listen, um, more kids will die from COVID if you close the schools. Excuse me, say it again, dipstick baldy. More children will die from suicide than from COVID. If you close the schools, more kids will die from suicide. And they went ahead and closed the schools in any case. This is a joint briefing, I'll read from the Telegraph now, by the Department for for Education and the Independent Scientific Pandemic Influenza Group on Behaviours. That's a mouthful, let's say that again. The Independent Scientific Pandemic Influenza Group on Behaviours told the government in November 2020 is that many more children will die from suicide than COVID-19 this year. It said there would be a rise in self-harm among young people. A continuing one. It said there was already evidence of a rise in self-harm since March, since the lockdown. So they told the government this. The government locked down anyway. Now this briefing was shared at a SAGE meeting. SAGE is the Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies. It was attended by senior scientific advisors responsible for briefing ministers and at least 10 senior officials from the DFE, the Department for Education, the Cabinet Office, the Home Office and other departments. However, despite the findings, ministers decided schools would be closed for most pupils for the majority of spring term 2021. In England in 2020, 161 people aged between 10 and 19 died from suicide compared to 34 deaths from COVID for the same age group. And I imagine that those COVID uh, statistics, 34 uh, deaths in 10 to 19 year olds, are very dubious. 
very dubious indeed. I'd be surprised if that was a legitimate number. Much, much, much lower. Us for them has been talking a lot about this today. Did you watch The Sopranos? I wrote about this yesterday. Wasn't going to mention it yesterday. Wasn't going to mention it today, but it's in the news today. So if you watch The Sopranos, a wonderful television programme about a mob boss in New Jersey called Anthony Soprano, or Tony Soprano, trying to juggle domestic life with his mafia boss life while he goes to see a psychiatrist, a psychiatrist to talk about the stress of it all, and he has blackouts and whatnot. And of course, if he's discovered by his mafia colleagues going to a psychiatrist or a psychotherapist, he'll be murdered. Well, that's the gist of it anyway, and it's very funny, very grim, very dark, shocking at times, but one of the greatest television shows I've ever seen in my life. That's just my opinion. So Michael Imperioli, who I had a lot of time for, until yesterday, uh, he played Christopher Maltesanti, one of the meatier parts in the show, great meaty part. Christopher is the guy battling with addiction, who's got the beautiful girlfriend, but he's a bit of a madman. Wants to rise swiftly through the ranks, but he's not really dependable. But he's a psychopath, right? Very good in the show. Um, he was critical at the weekend of the US Supreme Court when the US Supreme Court said that a web designer was well within her rights to refuse to work on LGBTQ weddings. So the Supreme Court said, look, um, she's a Christian, this woman. She's got uh, Christian values and a Christian belief system. If she doesn't want to work on LGBTQ weddings, she shouldn't have to. So um, Michael Imperioli from The Sopranos said, and I quote, I have decided to forbid bigots and homophobes from watching The Sopranos, The White Lotus, Goodfellas or any movie or TV show I've been in. Is he expecting bigots and transphobes to obey this edict, this edict? This declaration, this order. I mean, if you're a bigot, are you going to go, oh, fair enough, I won't watch you anymore. He posted this on Instagram on Saturday, following the Supreme Court decision, right, ruling in favour of this woman whose name is Laurie something or other. Scroll down, Baldy. Laurie Smith, the owner of 303 Creative Evangelical Christian, says marriage can only exist between a man and a woman. She sued Colorado Civil Rights Commission and officials in 2016 because she said she feared being punished for refusing to serve gay weddings. I have a, I have a, a point of view on this that you won't believe. You're not going to like it, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. And please feel free to disagree with me. I know you will. I know you will. Yes, scallies disagree with me, but um, I do not believe that someone should be allowed to discriminate against people based on their sexuality. And I believe that in totality. You're going to say you're some hypocrite now, Baldy. Right, right, right. Hang on a second now. So when it comes to church weddings for same-sex couples, I would argue for the right of the church, because the church, the chapel, the actual place of worship itself is very important. I would argue that you cannot ask a priest who is a Christian to preside over a gay marriage. That's wrong. And gay men and women can be married in civil ceremonies anyway, which is right. However, in private business, in a city, in a commercial district, in a town, on a high street, 
I don't believe you should be able to tell people, no, I'm not going to design that website for you because I don't agree with you two getting married. And now you're going to say, you big hypocritical baldy backstard. But we are all a mass of contradictions, aren't we? I don't think they should be allowed. Um, I think there should be, we, we should have a, a certain standard when it comes to discrimination anti-discrimination tell me I'm wrong uh, reach out to me via the website richieallen.co.uk or via my app the app the Richie Allen Show app the only app that exists for this programme listen I've got no news from Patreon so everybody who's asked me thank you I've had no response from Patreon none um, if you missed yesterday's programme Patreon pays out at the beginning of the month people who supported the show last month put money in Patreon I've not been able to collect it and we're now on the 4th of July. I'm not expecting any response from them entirely, to be honest, but certainly not today as today is a big holiday in the US of A, isn't it? So I don't know what's going on. It could be that we're getting the bums rush, as it were, from Patreon. I just don't know. I can't say that with any certainty. But um, that money is important to this programme. They're not releasing it to me and I don't know why. Okay, I'll, you'll be the first to know when there's any change there. So just, I don't know. Let's talk about something that you might think is positive. I'm not sure. I don't like campaigning journalism. I think campaigning journalism is an oxymoron. But still, GB News has launched a petition to keep cash. <coughs> I have an inhaler in my pocket, which I don't use very much. And it's bothering me, right? So this is its first ever campaign, GB News. Um, and it says on its website, we warned the UK government and big business, don't kill cash. Britain is fast to becoming a cashless society. In the wake of the COVID pandemic, yeah, right, uh, more and more shops, cafes and pubs are choosing to only accept card payments. This is a fact. They are right to say this. We were in Manchester on Saturday, myself, the missus and the two puppies. And the places we went to for a beer, no cash. Only card. So GB News says we're going to do something about that. Here is a GB News presenter whose name I don't know. Uh, speaking with GB News economics editor Liam Halligan. Listen up. If we get to 100,000 and this goes to a parliamentary yeah. debate, is also one of the I questions... I think that's nailed on. I think that's oh, yeah, yeah. Happen, yeah. But will, will one of the questions be, you are offering legal tender... So are people actually within their rights to say, no, we don't accept cash, we're not going to accept cash? Because you are offering legal well, well, tender th for that. This, this is the issue. You'll, you'll go to some trendy sort of fast food restaurants now mm. and they say, oh, we're spending all our time making your chicken perfect rather than counting cash, i.e. we are refusing to take legal tender mm. so our cost base is lowered because yeah. we don't have to visit the bank, we don't have the security. I'm not sure about the legalities well, exactly. of refusing yeah, yeah. cash. Yeah. I, th I do think it, 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 it's not a criminal issue, it's probably a civil issue, but we need to drill down into that because just as you get some people say, I only take cash, I think that's completely fine. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's legally fine to say we don't take cash. Yeah. And that's where the I think the GB News petition is going to lead to a debate in Parliament about that, mm. as well as the much broader issue of those without smartphones, those who aren't tech-savvy. It's very similar 
to the idea of, of, of people uh, who suffer from what's called the digital divide, the House of Lords Communication Select Committee. We're trying to do their banking online, did, for did, instance. Did, a, yeah. did, yeah. did a, a report on exactly that. Yeah. I, they asked me to give evidence. I was privileged to give evidence as a, as, as a, as a GB News uh, business and, and economics editor. He was privileged to give evidence. Let's hear a bit more of this. We learnt from that that around 10% of households, right, they're not on the internet at all, mm. which is unbelievable. And that's not just an older person thing, though two-thirds of people over 65 aren't on the internet, right? I mean, there are a third of them that are the so-called silver surfers, but lots of them aren't. But also, if you're a youngster in a home without the internet, it's really hard to do your homework yeah, these days yeah. when you can't email the right. teacher. There's you don't hand in homework now, you email it to the teacher. What about if you've got no Wi-Fi in your house? Mm. So it's, it's all, all, all ends of the age and for, spectrum. For me also, actually, and it sounds a silly reason, but preferring cash, I remember when I was a kid, yeah. your grandparents would put money in your, in your Christmas card, yeah. you know, five pounds, ten well, pounds, sell a ticket, life well now cash. Yeah. it goes into your bank account, and, how and can it's you, not the same joy. How can you tip a waiter or waitress and be sure that they get that money? You can't. How, if a busker's playing music and you just want to chuck a quid into the guitar case, that, all that's gone. As you say, Pip, grandparents slipping a little bit mm. of money into the hands of the grandchildren. Money in birthday cards, you know, coins at the end of your stocking. All these traditions that are surrounded by physical cash, they are all now in jeopardy. They're in jeopardy indeed. Liam Halligan, GB News. GB News has a petition. It had 50,000 signatures. Signatures, that's right. By lunchtime today, it might be more now. If it reaches 100,000, it can be put forward for debate in the House of Commons. Will it make any difference? The government wants the Bank of England to have a digital pound ready by 2025. Is cashless inevitable? Talk to me, talk to me at richieallen.co.uk or via the app. I better open the comments now. I've opened the comments now. Look, there's loads of comments, you feckless rogues. Just won't leave me alone, will you? Good stuff. Thank you for the comments. Chris says, in the early days of COVID, I would berate everyone with all the alternative narrative that I was discovering from week to week. I'm now doing the same thing with the climate emergency. Thanks for the ammunition from the BBC reports yesterday, says Chris. You're welcome, Chris. Hi to Frank. Good evening, Frank. That's Frank with a C. Franck. Franck. How are you, Franck? Bonjour. Uh, Graham says, in these naughty times, something David Icke said years ago comes to mind. We all have to live in this world but not be of this world. Hi to Julie Clifford. Hi, Julie. Live in Brussels earlier today with European Citizens Initiative, Trust and Freedom, challenging the pandemic treaty. Andrew Bridgen involved too. Thank you, Julie. Cryptic that, cryptic. I kind of think I know what you mean there. Max says, Richie, fact of the day, happy Independence Day to the USA. A grand 270... 247 years old, that's right. About the average age of a Greenland shark. No. Is that right? No. There's a shark that lives to be over 200... No. God. You're taking the right piss out of me now, Max. Max Steinhauser. You old bollocks. Is that true, is it? Um, Robert says, Richie, happy Independence Day. Um, we, what is, we really are now in 1984, he says. Um, when, when, when your political views determine your success... When are we going to wake up? This is serious. He says we need to protect the transmission of the facts coming out of Salford. Thank you. Uh, hi to Mark Carroll, who says, uh, thanks, Mark. I'll keep that in mind. It's about the Patreon thing. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
Mac says it will be good if Ofcom banned the likes of Rhys Mogg and the other morning presenters and others who are serving MPs on GB News because they are putting Tory party policies disguised as opinion on GB News. Yes. Paulie says he follows Imperioli on Instagram, but he's quite woke. He says, typical clueless Hollywood virtue signaler. If you've not seen White Lotus, I'd recommend it, he said. I think I might have seen White Lotus. Graham is playing the Wimbledon diversity drinking game. Watching Wimbledon every time the BBC shows the crowd and I don't spot an ethnic minority person, I have a shot of bourbon. I'm already pissed, says Graham. That's a good game, that. That's a good game. Backbeat disagrees with Imperioli. Thank you. Too many comments come back. I've got to stop reading the comments. Too many coming in. But thank you for them. When I say too many, um, I'd be here for the entire show reading them out. But thank you. Maria says, I have a friend who is Taylor. In his active days, he refused to work on a dress for a fellow who turns out to be a drag queen. He also didn't take the job of altering a wedding dress for a gay couple. He's a devoted Catholic. I don't agree, but I believe it is his right to refuse them as it's his business so his rules apply. If it's done politely, I see nothing wrong with somebody refusing the business regards. Maria, very good argument, Maria. And there would be many who agree with you. Thank you. Paula says, Richie, there are not many true Christians in the church. They are Christendom. Majority of them are going along with the agenda. Ain't nothing holy in the unholy church of Rome. Just look at Justin Welby, says Paula. David says, cashless society will get rid of the illegal drug trade overnight. No drug dealer would accept card payments, he says. Tongue firmly in cheeks there. Height to Cliff who says, if a high street business run by gay people, refuse to provide their service, services to me because I am straight, then I would be upset. Gay people would feel the same. I agree with you, says Cliff. Thank you. Yes, I, I, I think you have to have some standard when it comes to anti-discrimination policies. And I think you'd be saying to the Lady Laurie, who's probably very sincere, sincere you know, the dress, uh, sorry, the, the, the graphic designer, probably very sincere, but you'd be saying, listen, in your church and where you worship and all of that, fair enough. But you're on the high street, love. You're out there. People are coming to you for a service. You know, they're giving you that. You, you, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be turning them down just because you don't agree with them getting married. You shouldn't be. It's hardly the Christian thing to do anyway. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus say? Some would say it's blasphemy to even wonder aloud what Jesus might say. Gillian says, I adored the BBG every night. Wait for it. However, waiting for Mark Boyersky. Absolutely right there. Mark will be with me shortly. Right, I've got to, I've got to just move on to another story. Another story. Hey, speaking of banks and Nigel Farage, Farage, who told us last week that he, his, his bank account was being closed because he was a politically exposed person, P.E.P., because the bank didn't like his points of view, his his views, right? He refused to name the bank at the time, but we've learned since then that the bank is Coots. Now, Coots has come out strongly and said, um, we haven't cancelled or we haven't closed Nigel's account. No, because of his views, we closed his account because he doesn't have enough money in it. Because it has fallen below the wealth limit. So it's an exclusive, this share of bastards, coots, an exclusive club. They say it's a commercial decision that you have to have. Let's scroll on down. Customers at coots must borrow 
or invest at least £1 million with the bank or hold £3 million in savings. Now, Farage is in France. He's got some lifestyle Farage, right? Um, and spoke to the BBC and he did not dispute the fact that he didn't meet Coote's threshold, but he said they had no problem with me not meeting the financial threshold over the last 10 years. So regardless of what he went on to say, is that now nine different banks have turned him down for an account. Nine banks, right? So I reckon Farage is telling the truth here, to be honest, right? I don't like him particularly, I have no interest in him, but I reckon he's telling the truth because this is happening. Uh, It's happening everywhere. It's happened to me, it's happened to you, it's happened to other content creators we know, they've had their PayPal's done. Kevin Barrett was kicked out by Patreon um, a couple of years ago because somebody tattletailed on him and said he has opinions that are controversial. We better close him down then. Right? The author Laura Dodsworth appeared on, on Talk TV today speaking about the reality of banks cancelling accounts because of the views of the account holders. Laura Dodsworth. It's hit the news this week that Nigel Farage's bank account was yeah. closed. He couldn't open another one. It turns out he's not alone. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are jumping on this really quite gleefully. Now, I'm not a friend of Nigel Farage. I've got no skin in the game here, but Mm. I think we should be worried when anyone's bank account is closed. And there are people saying, this is great. We want banks to have more of a social conscience. But I don't think they're really thinking about what a slippery slope this is. Mm. First of all, banks have quite a lengthy sin sheet themselves. Does anyone remember the subprime mortgage crisis of 2008? The one that we rescued them with taxpayers' money from. We rescued them while people were made homeless. I mean, this is disgraceful. That's that's a true ethical quandary. Um, You know, we've had a vicar losing his bank account for speaking about LGBTQ plus stuff. Um, Any of Toby Young's accounts at PayPal were shut down. It turns out a lot of people in the Brexit party were attacked this way a couple of years ago. They just didn't make much of a fuss about it. Do you know what happened to us for them? Yeah. Children's campaigning group. So if you don't uphold the woke shibboleths of the day, you you can have your money supply cut off. Now... The thing is, you can't really participate in society without a bank account. I actually think that not only should they have to potentially provide a very rigid and long notice period, which is one of the um, recommendations Mm. coming from politicians, and be totally transparent about what can get you to that state, I think it should go further. I think it should be a, a, a civic right. Everyone should have the right to a bank account. Well, yeah, everyone maybe should have the right to a bank account, but everybody should have the right not to lose their job not to lose relationships, whether they be business or otherwise, you know, not to be cancelled because they have a particular point of view about something. Whether you could ever enshrine such a thing in law is beyond me. I'm not sure if that's possible. Speaking on the same topic, the former health secretary, a guy called Sajid Javid, was on LBC News this morning, or LBC Radio, I should say, with Nick Ferrari. I mean, I, I've seen those stories uh, recently, and I, I think there was one about Nigel Farage. Uh, I think he publicly said that his some of his accounts have been closed. And, you know, I, I, I don't agree with Nigel Farage on a lot, but I absolutely agree to his right to free speech and him being able to say what he wants. And, and a bank has, in my opinion, has no right to close accounts solely because they disagree with a customer's lawfully expressed views. And I think the, the government should act on this immediately and ban this practice. Lastly, as someone who ran the health service... You said lastly three times now. Oh, well, I... Nick Ferrari would like you to believe that Sajid Javid ran the health service. 
Sure he did. I'm terrible at that. You, you, you know, I, did I really? Well, I do apologise, but you'll like this one. <laughs> Mr Javid, I assure you, Sag, you'll like this one. As They're all pals, you see, Sag. They're all pals. They all hang out together. Julia Hartley Brewer from Talk TV hangs out with Ferrari from LBC. They hang out with government ministers. This is the media you have. And these bastards call themselves the alternative media. Not the fat frog Ferrari in, in, in LBC, but the others call themselves alternative. They're not even mainstream light. If they were mainstream light, that'd be something. They are mainstream in the extreme, aren't they? Sag. Having a giggle with Sag. Someone who ran the NHS, how will you be reflecting on the events that are taking place tomorrow to mark its 70th anniversary? I think you may well be attending, actually, the church service. I imagine you probably will as a former health secretary. How will you reflect on having run the, NH the NHS, Mr Javid? Well, I, th I think there is a lot to celebrate. If we look past the, the last 75 years... And yeah, fuck off. We won't hear any more of him. Dean says... Hey, by the way, Mark came back and said the Greenland shark has the longest known lifespan of all vertebrate species, estimated to be between 250 and 500 years. That is the sort of trivia that I want on this programme. Nay, nay, that I demand. That has taken trivia to new levels on this show. I have to say, not that natural history it was Max who gave us this uh, fact originally, wasn't it, Max? Thank you, Max. Natural history wouldn't be my strongest suit now. Do you have one? No, I don't have a strongest suit, really, no. No, no, no. Um, controversial dismissals in test cricket. I'm an expert on, on that bollocks. But, um, yeah, I didn't know that. That's a wonderful bit of trivia, that. The Greenland shark is the longest known lifespan of all vertebrate species living between 250 and 500 years. There was something in the news this morning about octopuses, octopuses, which I, which I did know, or at least I had read before, and that is that the octopus, it, not the chimpanzee, but the octopus is about the closest to human beings in terms of how they think and how they act. We've seen these tests they give octopuses. Octopuses? Octopi? What is the plural of octopuses? There's another one for you. Octopi, or is it just octopus? There are 65 octopus over there. That doesn't sound right, does it? There are 65 octopuses over there. 65 octopuses. No, that doesn't work either. It's got to be octopi. No, it isn't. I don't know what it is. I'll just shut up. Judson says, Richie, you mispronounced Cymru, Wales, recently. It's Cymru, not Cymru. But I still love you, says Judson. Thank you, Judson. I'm in love with you too. It's Cymru. C-Y-M-R-U, Cymru, not Cymru. Thank you. John says, Richie, back in the Tudor times, it was so hot in the UK, they grew grapes out at Hampton Court Palace. That's right. A few centuries later, the River Thames used to freeze over. The ice was so thick, they held winter fairs on it, lasting months, long before electricity or diesel or petrol engines. This debunks their climate bollocks, uh, blaming humans. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you very much, Johnny. It's very good. A lot of very well sought out messages coming in today. Something has happened. I don't know what's wrong with you. Joe Rogan is a podcast host and an MMA fighter and commentator and stand-up comedian, apparently. Every now and then he has an interesting guest on his podcast. No, no, that's unfair. I'm sure his guests are always interesting. I should say every now and then I learn of somebody who I find to be interesting and I have a tune-in. But he does host a lot of stand-up comics and I'm not interested in that. 
Okie doke. Now, apparently, he's been taking the unmerciful piss out of uh, that bloke, Dylan Mulvaney. You know Dylan, the bloke who dresses as a woman, who did the Bud Light commercial. And that sparked a huge backlash against Bud Light because it was a disastrous marriage, that, wasn't it? Wasn't it? You had Kid Rock opening fire on cans of Bud Light. (laughs) Oh, they take things a bit too seriously over there. Happy Independence Day. Lunatics. He was so pissed off, he bought $300 worth of Bud Light Muppet and then opened up on it with an M16. Or I don't know what he had. A Kalashnikov, maybe. So in a recent episode of um, the Joe Rogan Experience, um, Monday, in fact, Rogan criticised comments made by Mulvaney when he broke his silence over his involvement with the beer brand. I think it's gone so serious now we can't play along with it. In the Daily Mail today, they referred to Mulvaney as her. When she broke her silence, well, we can't do that because it's madness, right? He's a bloke and that's the end of it. He said he felt abandoned by the beer company after facing more bullying and transphobia than I could ever have imagined. Here is Dylan Mulvaney. Bloke in a frock. What transpired from that video was more bullying and transphobia than I could have ever imagined. And I should have made this video months ago, but I didn't. And I was scared and and I was scared of more backlash and, and I felt personally guilty for what transpired. So I patiently waited for things to get better, but surprise, they haven't really. And And I was waiting for the brand to reach out to me, but they never did. And for months now, I've been scared to leave my house. I have been ridiculed in public. I've been followed. And I have felt a loneliness that I wouldn't wish on anyone. And I'm not telling you this because I want your pity. I am telling you this because if this is my experience from a very privileged perspective, know that it is much, much worse for other trans people. For a company... This is why they go on Instagram and Twitter to make these announcements. And they don't go on TV or radio, because on TV or radio, they'll be challenged. This notion of not being able to leave the house and all of this crap. You see, a a decent, half-decent presenter would say, well, explain that, I don't get you, you know. There are people who will never believe you're a woman, just get over it. But that's why they go on Instagram and Twitter and into echo chambers where nobody questions them, children. That's how it works. To hire a trans person and then not publicly stand by them is worse, in my opinion, than not hiring a trans person at all. Because Hiring a tranny and then not standing by them is worse than not hiring a tranny in the first place. It gives customers permission to be as transphobic and hateful as they want. And, and the hate doesn't end with me. It has serious and grave consequences for the rest of our community. And, and you know, we're customers too. I know a lot of trans and queer people who love beer. And I have some lesbian friends who could drink some of those haters under the table. He has lesbian friends who could drink the haters under the table. But to turn... Absolutely devoid of self-awareness, these people. Completely unaware of how galactically fucking ridiculous they look and sound. Completely unaware of it. That's astonishing. I live with a bit of a phobia. And it's got nothing to do with me doing radio or when I used to do a bit of TV. It's got nothing to do with that. But I I don't even know if this is a real phobia, 
but it is a phobia of being exposed as ridiculous or or a phobia of acting ridiculous in a way that's embarrassing and foolish, but w- with no knowledge of it whatsoever. That sounds weird, doesn't it? But I have, when, when I see these clowns exposing themselves, I, I, I almost get kind of, whether OCD has got anything to do with this, but I almost think, my God, like, you know, that's, that's about the worst scenario for me. Now, you can fill your boots now with the comments about how ridiculous I am. I don't mind. But this idea that you could be out there humiliating yourself on national media platforms and you are completely unaware of how foolish you look and sound. Case in point, James O'Brien, LBC, don't panic. I have no clips. Um, absolutely, utterly ridiculous, but seemingly oblivious to the fact that he is utterly ridiculous. Yeah, let's move on. It is the Richie Allen Show. Save, save myself a few bob on jingles. Start doing those types of jingles. Mentally ill, says Joe Rogan about Mulvaney. I don't think mentally ill. It's true, I don't think Mulvaney is mentally ill. I just think he is a... I don't know, he's just narcissistic, isn't he? Yeah, you must share in my fantasy. Migration is fueled by too many degrees, according to the new conservative group, the right-wing you're supposed to believe this, that the Conservative Party has a brand new right of centre for the right um, group of MPs who, who are unhappy with the Prime Minister and his cabinet when it comes to things like immigration. So these MPs are saying that too many people go to university, more people should get a technical education to fill labour shortages and therefore reduce Britain's addiction to immigration. Okay. Stop people going to unis and getting shit degrees and encourage more people to do trades and to do other apprenticeships and whatnot. Technical education, as they call it, to fill labour shortages, reduce the dependence on immigration. This has been picked up as if these MPs are having a go at the children of migrants. Now, I cannot find in this declaration by the new Conservatives Anywhere where they say that migrant children should not go on to third level education. But yet that's what they are being accused of. Now I really despise these people, but I'm fair and you've got to be fair going through life. And even though I despise them, Miriam Cates and Lee Anderson and all these bullshitters, right? I can't bear them no more than I can bear Starmer and Angela Rayner and the rest of them. But um, you've got to be fair to them. I cannot find where they have said migrant children shouldn't be going to third-level education. But yet on LBC Today, a black head teacher was allowed run riot by Sheila Fogarty. Listen to the black head teacher go into meltdown and say that she's going to take her black children and get out of the country because the country is so full of hate. And I'll never forget when we had the um, issue, when we had quite a few Ukrainian refugees. I remember one of our Syrian children saying to me, why weren't we treated like this? And this is like an eight-year-old child. They know. They know. And it's just so upsetting that the powers that be are looking at these children and they're looking at them not in the same way as they look at their own children. When we had all the coverage of the Ukrainian refugees and every day we learnt their stories 
and what that did was showed everyone that you know what we are humans we all do the same thing we have play dates we you know we have clubs after school it humanized the children what they're actually doing is dehumanizing every other face and they're doing it on purpose. It isn't by accident. They are doing it on purpose because we know history's taught us that if we dehumanise people, then we can do whatever we want to them. And yeah. that is what is going on. And it is disgusting. And I'm now at the point, there's not many of us um, blackhead teachers in, in the UK. There's a handful of us. Mm. But I'm ready to take my black children out of this country and move abroad because I do not want them growing up in a place that is so filled with hate. It's filled with hate. Take your children out of the country because it's so filled with hate, says this blackhead teacher. Sheila Fogarty just gave her the absolute control of the show there. Say what you want, love. I'm not going to interject and say, hang on a second, it's not that bad, really. Well, Piers Morgan, dickhead, asked Sir Trevor Phillips last night on Piers Morgan on Talk TV Trevor Phillips is a writer. He's a broadcaster. He used to chair the London Assembly. He is a black gentleman. His family hails from the Caribbean, or the Caribbean. Can't remember. Can't remember. But uh, he was asked by Piers Morgan last night if the UK is indeed a very racist place. What did Trevor Phillips say? When you ask the question, is Britain a racist country, the first thing is to ask, compared to what? Compared to the days when my parents came here with their then nine children. I was the 10th born here. And when my father said that he would have to walk the streets at night looking for somewhere to sleep, uh, or when we lived in two rooms, no chance of black people getting council houses then because council tenants wouldn't have us on the estates. So we lived in Rackman slums. In my, our family's case, two rooms, black family upstairs, black family downstairs. Uh, that's why I went, that's why I I was sent back to the Caribbean because you can't get 12 people into two rooms very conveniently. Or compared to when I had my first girlfriend at university and in order to meet her mother, we had to meet in Selfridges because her mother couldn't tell her father that her right. his daughter date, was dating somebody right. black. So I think when people say, oh, it's terrible racist, just talk to your parents or to talk to your grandparents. Now, that doesn't mean we're perfect, but if you survey people now on the... <clears throat> Uh, think tank British Future did this a couple of weeks ago, 80% of people from ethnic minorities will tell you that compared to anywhere on the content, continent, and by the way, compared to the United States, this is a better place to live if you are not white than anywhere else in the developed world. I, mean, I walk up and down my local high street maybe a couple of times a day. It just seems unbelievably multicultural. London. I mean, I don't venture north a lot when I do. I don't, it doesn't feel a lot different, actually, when I go to Manchester or places like that. Um, it just feels like we live in an incredibly tolerant, multicultural environment now. I think there are racists in Britain, no question, as there are in every country. But my God, we've come a long way, I think, from that environment your parents had to come to. Yeah, I mean, let's steady on a bit. I mean... Let's, the fact that there, there are many racists in this country, that doesn't make us a racist nation. But, but that doesn't mean that we don't have problems. We don't have a situation where people who uh, look like me uh, know that when they go for a job, people will smile at them and be very lovely to them. And as soon as they walk out the door, mm. say, oh, not going to have that one because they won't fit. Now, Trevor Phillips on Piers Morgan. The UK isn't racist, but there are many racists in the UK. 
Again, I take issue with that, but people say, well, as a white guy, you don't really have the right to comment on how racist a society is because you're not black or another minority ethnic person. You don't have the experiences, so you should shut up. Bettina has been in touch. I'll tell you what, Bettina, we'll put this out to the listeners. Interesting facts on my favourite animal, Richie, says Bettina. It is the largest reptile on earth. They really do produce tears. They cannot chew food. They swallow stones to improve digestion. They have special hearts. Now, what might that animal be, asks Bettina. Again, natural history not being my my greatest subject. I'm going to say largest reptile. Komodo dragon, maybe. Maybe. And I'm going to be wrong. Am I? We'll see what the listeners come back with. But it's time, dear listener, to introduce the wonderful um, Mark Boyerski. He's going to be on with me in a moment. So uh, do check out markboyerski.com. Follow him on YouTube. Wonderful gentleman in so many different ways. Incredibly positive. Um, has uh, helped many, many people that I've come to know over the years. Um, personally and, uh, and and otherwise. It's exactly 14 minutes to the top of the hour. This is The Richie Allen Show. It's broadcasting live on multiple platforms around the world. The Richie Allen Show features doctors, scientists, academics and researchers who have been banned by the legacy media. Support Richie now by making a financial contribution at richieallen.co.uk Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro... Mark Bayerski is next. It's your Richie Allen show. And Sam the Sham. Sam the Sham and Wooly Bully on the Richie Allen show. 13 and a half minutes to 6 o'clock. It is the 4th of July 2023. Happy Independence Day to our listeners in the United States of America. Let's welcome to the programme. By the way, we're streaming live on Rumble. And there's a grand total of 17 people watching it on Rumble. I'm joking. I have no idea how many people are watching it on Rumble. But it's on Rumble. Rumble.com forward slash The Richie Allen Show. Let's welcome back to the programme an international healer, a spiritual man, an author, the founder of the Pure Energy Healing Academy, which has done incredible work for people over the years. He's based in Spain. Go to markboyerski.com to check him out on at his website, that is. But but he's on YouTube with legions of followers and he posts videos there live and recorded pretty much every day. Welcome back to the programme, our great friend, Mr. Mark Boyerski. You're in vision there. Hi, Richard. Hi, everybody. How are you all doing? There was 15, but there's now eight. There's now eight. Fantastic. <laughs> You're some man to clear a room, Boyerski. I am. Uh, I am. I think I might... Ca- any we- no, that's not true, actually, Richard. Us good ones get snapped up quickly. Get snapped up quickly. I'm going to cancel the rumble based on that. Tell me this. You told us a lovely story, but you didn't tell it to us last Sunday. You're a great promoter of the Melody Show. You're brilliant telling people about it and, and, and listening in. But we talked a bit about Rick Astley last week because Rick had been at Glastonbury and he'd stolen the show there. I mean, he really did. As you know yourself, he popped up everywhere doing ACDC covers with bands, playing the Smiths with bands. His own set went down an absolute storm. Some people will know, but some people won't know. But Mark was a professional dancer, very, very successful and very capable dancer and entertainer back in the day. And you moved in these circles, and uh, that's a fascinating aspect of your life. 
That's true, yeah. I was very, very fortunate to uh, meet some amazing uh, singers, dancers and actors. And I did all my life, really. Becoming a, um, a psychic read, reader, I read for many A-list celebrities and uh, producers, uh, producers' wives, uh, Batman and all of those. Just amazing people. Um, but yeah, when I was a, a professional dancer, I, I was 18. That's I think we could only turn professional when we was 18, but I was doing robotics when I was uh, 13. I started like 13, 14. And then we became professional and we started advertising in uh, uh, certain magazines, one called uh, Stage. And Stage was a mag magazine for professional dancers. And um, we, we started by um, uh, working in... Um, kind of like nightclubs to begin with. And um, it kind of grew from there. But prior to that, uh, I entered um, a competition, me and my dancing partner, uh, Andrew Downey, really, really brilliant at dancing. And uh, we we won our stage, uh, our event. So from there, we got an agent. The, the agent came up to us and she was called Avril. And she said, look, I think you'd do really, really well working on the circuit that I'm involved in. And I, I'm like, we were so like shaking and with excitement, like seriously, you, so an agent wants to book us. Like we've got these bloody uh, uh, outfits, which were really cheap and tacky, but they were the best we could do. We had no money. So we had all in ones and a, a mask and uh, yeah, it, it was great. So she says, okay, uh, you need to be in Manchester at this, this nightclub. So uh, my brother was kind enough to drop us off and, uh, my brother's uh, like uh, a, a big, strong lad. He's uh, like you know, kind of well known in West Yorkshire. He's a tough, a tough, a tough guy, a fist fighter, a big tough guy. Nobody messes with Ricky. And um, Ricky went, "Where the bloody hell are we?" And I said, "I don't know. Where's all the women?" <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, Ricky. And uh, we soon found out that the, 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 all the clubs that we were going to be doing were gay clubs. Fantastic. And it was a gay scene, but Ricky was really cool. He was like, calm and look, I'm looking after my brother here. So we ended up doing the gay scene, dancing at the gay scene, uh, all the clubs all over the place. And it was fabulous. It was brilliant. And then um, we started being dancers um, on a show, a late night show. Um, and that show was like when everybody got drunk and all the nightclubs shut down in the eighties, everybody would go home and watch this program. And um, I can't remember his name now. Michaela Stratton and um, Pete Waterman were, were um, the, the front people to this show. And um, everybody that was singing on that show, Kylie Minogue, was all connected to Pete Waterman. So it we wasn't um, it wasn't London Weekend Television, was it? Hitman and Her. Ah, it was yeah, 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 you yeah. Probably yeah. you might not know it. It was only yeah. a kind of a smallish show at two o'clock at night. But anyway, Hitman and Her was with Clive. Um, and he had a blonde wig on and then there was like, uh, Jason orange was there when we were dancing, everybody was like new to the scene of dancing. They were all on TV. We were all on TV and some became, you know, famous stars. And I remember sat down, uh, and this guy had only just started and, uh, it was opposite me where I was sat and all the band members were around and we were all just talking because we were all, um, you know, going to be on the show that night. And I remember this guy called Rick Astley was like sat there and he was really quiet. 
and everybody was talking and he was laughing, but he wasn't loud. He was just, just a nice, a really nice, I mean, he probably won't even remember me, but I remember him and I thought, what a nice, what a nice lad. The nice people tend to do well, don't they? Because people remember them when they're on the way down, because when you're nice, it's, a, it's the oldest cliche in the world in show business. But it's true, you know, be nice to everybody when you're climbing the ladder because you might be slipping down the slide and then you might need people to, you know, to give you a gig or to give you a kind of a pick-me-up. I want to ask you a question. Nobody ever knows where the conversations are going to go when we chat off air or on air. (laughs) But I want to ask you this, right? Because you did psychic readings for people, I've often wondered, and I did ask a psychic this question years ago, and she didn't give me a satisfactory answer. She was honest, I think, but didn't give me a satisfactory answer. Have you ever done a reading for somebody? And this is a kind of a two-part question. Did you ever get some terrible information um, about, you know, about what might have happened to them or might happen to them? Or the second part is, did you ever do a reading for somebody and realise that the somebody was a wrong one? And I'll tell you what's motivated this. We mentioned The Sopranos earlier on. It's a great television show. And in one episode, Paulie, who's a murderer, a gangster, He goes to a psychic reading because he's having issues in his life. And some of his murder victims communicate to the psychic medium. And it ends really badly. The gangster loses his temper and leaves the room. Did you ever in your life do a reading for somebody and found out that this is a very not nice person sitting in front of you? Well, first of all, we're on the Costa del Sol, which um, (laughs) as as people know in England, there was a programme called Costa del Crime, um, we have here probably the biggest gangsters of um, of all. So um, to say that over 20 years, did I ever read for somebody who was um, a wrong one? Absolutely, yeah. And in fact, that wrong one once walked out of uh, the door with me and walked up to the, um, the guys who were looking after the donkeys here and whispered in their ear, and I never got ha- hassled thereafter. Right. So, but... Um, I, I'm, I can tell you this because you won't, won't know who he is, so nobody else will. But I looked at him and I said, it looks like you've taken life here. And I looked in his eyes and he looked at me and he said, well, it was either him or me. You didn't know who he was me. when he came in, and but through the reading you knew that he was a murderer, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And the way he uh, justified it is, look, this is the game I'm in we, this is what we do. We kill each other. And that, and it was like as simple as that. So what did I do with that? Um, I've got to be honest, when you become a reader, you've got to learn to disconnect from um, your own belief system. You've got to sit on the fence and that's what makes a good reader. I know it sounds awful because you might say, well, what if there's a pedophile there? He could walk out of that door and then rape somebody else. You're absolutely right. And this has happened to me as well. I've read for many pedophiles and I've tried to give them healing sessions and help them. Um, and it's very, very difficult when they walk out of that door. But you know it, but you can't go to a policeman and Just say this guy's say a pedophile. Yeah. You can't, you can't yeah. say this guy's a pedophile unless you've got proof. But I can clearly feel that this person has feelings for, you know, children, for young children. And I've often um, tried to make a difference and the difference i tried to make was to see if i'm able to stop that that um that 
I, I, I can't really name it. There's no name for it. What what do you name? I don't know. If I say that, compulsion, people will say you're leaving him off the hook because people exactly. pe people believe that paedophiles are inherently evil people. And so if we say it's a compulsion, people say, ah, piss off, Rich, it's not a compulsion. Because a compulsion is something you can, you can fight. There are those who believe that it's inherently in them. They're evil, they have no empathy, they have no sympathy. And this is how I, they can commit these crimes, you know? I, I, you see, over the years, my belief system has changed and it's changed because of um, understanding and experience through clients. And what I've come to understand uh, that I, I was reluctant to say because it would cause great uh, harm and effect in this world. And I don't want to do that. But the honest to God's truth now, I've come to understand that you, Richie, inside, inside that space suit, that space suit isn't you. That, that, that tall guy with the bald, that's not you. Inside you is what we feel. That's why we listen to you. We feel you. It's not the person. It, it's you inside. It's your, it's your soul your consciousness. Now, I've read for people with souls and consciousness, which is slightly different than yours. So you might say that's uh, the, the attributes to that is that um, if you fall over and somebody's watching you and laughs and somebody next to you, next to them comes over and lifts you up and feels the pain and suffering, those are two different consciousness. So the point is, well, well, if they're two different consciousness, that must mean that they come from different parts of this cosmos. They mustn't be from the same place because they're not the same consciousness. So I come to understand through my work and through reading and understanding through spirit that, as you would say, or I would say, are we the only ones on planet Earth? Uh, is this it? Is this, this, this whatever it is, flat or globe, uh, whatever you call it, are we the only ones? Is that it? If you say, well, that, that's pro probably not the case. There's probably a lot more different spacesuits, no matter what they are, green, blue, pink. Okay, well, if that's the case, then surely that can still go for the same understanding as consciousness. Maybe there's different co consciousness over there. We have been told that there's one consciousness, which is God. That's that we come from source, God. But if you look at that, if that's the case, then why are people, some people, so nil and void of love and con uh, of love and, and kindness and caring? And why do they enjoy um, causing conflict? Why do they enjoy breaking things? Why do they enjoy killing and 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 raping children and doing the worst things? Well, I've come to the understanding that we are all different consciousness coming from different parts of cos the cosmos. And that I know that causes a lot of people to like say, well, you know, I, I can't relate to that. I can't yeah. really think like that. There's no way I can believe that because my programming won't allow me to. But I'm only speaking from my truth, my understanding. You when, I lay my, when I lay my hand on somebody's heart doing a healing session, some people are not the same. They don't have that same energy in that heart. They're not. It's like I am. I'm working on something that is not the same as you. You can't or the reach next them. Beautiful soul. Can I ask you on that? Right. What about those who say, because somebody, and I'm sure people listening might be able to guess who it is, but somebody who's written a lot in his books over the years about um, paedophiles. It's obviously David Icke. I'm, I'm referring to. He told me one night in London. And he said he took great pains to tell me, don't think or imagine for a minute I'm giving an excuse to these people. I'm not, he said. But he said, I believe that they are functioning under 
a negative energy attachment. Right, that, that that there's possession of, of of possession is my word, not his word, but that yeah, there's an energy. Yeah, is is there any? How do you see that as as a theory for for people who do un, unspeakable things? Yeah, the thing is, um, everybody sees energy differently. So if I've got five healers in here and we're looking at a, a client who may have an attachment, everybody will have their their experience because they see differently, they feel differently, and they connect differently. So somebody might see an attachment above them. Somebody might see their heart is dark. Somebody might see their energy around them is a really uh, awful color. Some people will feel fear in that uh, or around that person. So we all we all write down what we feel and what we think, but that doesn't mean that that's right. It just it, that observation and that feeling is right for you. Therefore, when people talk about I've seen um, reptilians above somebody, well, that was their sight. That's their sight. Somebody else next to them can say, well, that's what I, I never saw. That I saw something else. So attachment is very, very um, rare in the sense that when we say demonic attachment, that's the heaviest attachment. And demonic attachment is a different attachment from spirit trapped in between two worlds. So when we decide uh, not to walk through the door of our home, we stay in between two worlds, which we call ghosts or there's lots of names, apparitions and things like that. That's what I used to work in. That was my field of work. So I used to go into a house and try and understand why people were scared because they just bought that house and things were happening. Mirrors were smashing. Uh, their, their children were, uh, couldn't sleep. They were getting nightmares. And I'd go into that house and I would then individually, each house, try and figure out what was wrong in that house. And I would sit and try and communicate with that spirit. And a lot of times it's spirit trapped in between two worlds. So you imagine that you kill yourself or something, you die, but you you don't want to go into the spirit world because maybe you've been programmed into the understanding that you're going to burn in hell when you walk through there and God judges you. So you're not going to go through that door. You're going to turn away. By turning away, you can get trapped in between two worlds. That is a, that is a fact. You can. And I spent those years helping that spirit understand that they're not going to burn in hell, that the family in the other side is waiting for them and everything will make sense once you're there. And if you can convince a trapped spirit and they move into the light, or well, David Icke doesn't believe that, but I believe we vibrate back home. Once we vibrate back home, we don't need, we don't want, we don't feel a desire to have something. But if you're trapped in between two worlds, whatever you've done in that lifetime, say you're an alcoholic, you are going to find your way around people who are who like to drink. You will attach yourself to them because you will experience the same as the drinker experiences. And that's one of thousands right. of reasons. I'm fascinated by this now. We, we've all read books and we've seen TV documentaries about people who were technically dead for a period of time. So they, they flatlined on the operating table in the theatre or by the side of the road, God love them, after a car crash. And some people do describe that beautiful scenario you describe <clears throat> where somebody they loved is waiting for them on the other side and it's wonderful and beautiful and blissful and peaceful. But a number of people have come back. They're not connected, of course, different people. And they said, some of them said, I've got to change my ways. 
because I felt something very, very horrible. Some have even described creatures, haven't they? You know, that they, they, they saw. So is it your opinion, and I'm wide open, I don't know anything about any of this, but I'm fascinated. Is it your opinion that the people who feel this awful thing and see creatures and feel they're going someplace very awful, might they be dreaming that? Is that what you think? No, not at all, because I do believe that there is many different levels of consciousness and um, we watch what people may call entities and entities that we're, we're, not be, we're not able to see with our naked eye. So when I speak of spirit trapped in between two worlds, that's a kind of like an entity in itself. It, but I like to describe it in a way that makes sense. So there are, there are demonic energies, which means that there are energies that don't vibrate at the same as you and I. They vibrate at a different frequency. So, you know, when you, you walk out that door and you see somebody crying, you want to go over and help them. Imagine somebody walking out that door and, and go over to them because they like the feeling of what, what's happening. They want to be involved in that pain and, and they want it to keep going because it's feeding them. So there's, there's, this, this is simplifying it down. There's not two forms of consciousness. There's a lot more. And that's why a lot of the times when we scream and shout, when we have bad thoughts, this is merely a, many times, uh, uh, um, let's say, entities that are around us and, and all over all the time looking for somebody who is angry, looking for somebody who is drunk, looking for somebody who is uh, on drugs, looking for, you know, people who who have this this negative aspect of themselves because you can't just blame it all on uh, entities and, and demons, which a lot of healers do. You can't, we have to take responsibility for ourselves and know that we can create bad things through what, what we watch on TV, who we hang around with and what we eat and what we don't eat and what we take as in drugs and stuff. So we, f first of all, are responsible for anything thereafter. So if we're going to do something silly, the chances are that these entities can attach to us and they do attach. And that's why healing sessions are vital because a good healer can clear negative energy. I don't like to call them demons because that means that we're putting too much focus on them and we're making, I mean, focus is a big thing in my world now. You know, this this greatest power of in the world is attention and the, and that, the darkness knows this and all the people who I believe are not like you and I from the same consciousness, these are high levels who thrive from power, who fried from greed, who thrive from all the bad things that they create in this world. Why? Because they feed from that very energy. So if you focus on, on bad people, if you focus on bad things, that focus energy, that attention is really powerful and they know this. So you think, oh, well, I'm only just watching it. No, no, you're, you're, you're giving your power. You're giving your focus to that person. So we have to be careful on how much focus we give on anything or what we eat or what we drink. We have to focus on the right thing. This is about boxing clever. This is about being sharp. This is about the tightrope effects that I talked to you this afternoon, Richard. You have to learn how to navigate through this world where there are dark there is darkness there is there's absolute darkness and you know we can't always just blame it on a, a single human being for doing a single 
bad act, but you, then you can't always blame it on, oh, it was demonic. That, w- that wasn't me. That was somebody else. I just slapped my girlfriend because I- I've got an attachment. No, no, no. You've got to understand that it doesn't work that way. We can't blame everything on these things. So like, yes, David, I might be right. There might be attachments to that person who's then causing trouble to a child, but I'm sorry, but that, 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 that isn't it. There's more to it than that. There's far more than than just an attachment. And I think that, you know, I truly believe we're not all the same consciousness inside uh, this space. So, and that's why sometimes we cannot, we can, for the life in us, we cannot understand how another human being can do such a thing. Yeah, and I've heard, you know, we, we've all seen documentaries. Louis Theroux did a documentary where he spoke with um, paedophiles. And some of them were honest enough to admit that they knew damn well that what they were doing was wrong. They knew damn well that it would probably cause permanent damage to the child if the child didn't get the right help in years to come. But knowing this, they went ahead and did it anyway. So I I can totally understand that. Let me remind our listeners, you are listening to Mark Bayerski on The Richie Allen Show. It's coming up for nine and a half minutes past six o'clock here in the UK. Mark is in Spain. It's shortly after seven. If you're watching on Rumble, you will see he's decked out in a resplendently beautiful T-shirt in a beautiful room. And as far as I know, it's 67 degrees Celsius on the Costa del Sol this afternoon. Is that right? 78 degrees Celsius. Climate change is alive and well on the Costa del Sol. Is it, Mark? Are you melting down with climate change there? <laughs> yes, it's extremely, extremely hot. Um, but you know what? Um, it's been like this every year. Every year. It's the weather, stupid. I'm not calling you stupid, of course. It is the weather. This is what happens. Um, we talked. We did talk today about the tightrope. That was a fascinating concept for me. <clears throat> Let me put something to you. I don't often get a chance to challenge you, but I'm going to challenge you because some listeners will be saying, it's funny, Richie, I am conflicted because I see that Mark is right. We are in a spacesuit, but this is not who we are. And that after this experience, we go on to something else. Doesn't that give us an excuse to do nothing about the paradigm that we're in at the moment? Suffer the madness no, of it absolutely because not. tell tell us why. No, absolutely not. The whole point of coming into this space suit is because it's the only, uh, in my humble opinion, it's the only place where you get to really truly understand who you are. So why are you here? The question, this is the biggest question in the world. Why am I here and what's my purpose? Well, you're here because you're here to experience everything that is in this world. That's why uh, there is no, uh, in my humble opinion, there's no discrimination between whatever consciousness from the uh, the this universe uh, comes into a body so any consciousness can come into a body and um that that's how i see it so therefore if if any consciousness can come in that means you're going to get a diversity of good and bad uh demonic you know all sorts of different types of consciousness in these spacesuits so therefore we experience and come face to face with certain people what do we do how do we react uh, how, uh, do, you know, what that reaction is and all of the things that we learn through the lifetime, we, we look at ourselves at the end of the journey of, of the body journey, you know, uh, deteriorating and we look into the mirror and we say, how did I cope in the pain of suffering, in the pain of grief, in the pain of maybe taking somebody's uh, life, maybe, you know, or whatever it may be, 
because it's so deep and so complex uh, taking life as well. There's so many uh, different variables to that. I know you should not take life at all, but there there is something that is so profound that I, I realized. Um, but I don't want to go down there because it, it, it upsets people and people just say, right, I, I, I can understand what you're saying, but I can't accept this. I can't accept that somebody would hurt me here and be my best friend in the spirit world where we come from. And I understand that. I, I struggled with it for many years. How can this possibly be? Somebody could do something so bad to me. And then I find out when she passed away that she's my best friend. Now, it does make sense to me. I can accept it because I've moved forward from this anger, from this rage, from this hate, from this, uh, th- these, these, these limited thinking, this limited thinking. So, yeah. I kind of get that. that. No, no, I kind of get that. So, so at the end, ultimately, when you return to source, that this, yeah. is, that, that this is a place which, is, which knows nothing but love. I, I'm guessing that that's what, yeah. what I'm hearing here. I, yeah, I, I exactly. could understand it. It doesn't sound like an outlandish theory to me because you would, you're, you, you know, you would be a very different being um, once this body expires and, and, and you're, you're someplace else. I totally get that. I also get why some people might struggle with it, but I, I, I totally um, understand it. Mark, that's not for everything, Richard. That, no. that, that's, that's not for everything. Like I said, th- there's consciousness here that feeds from pain and suffering that feeds that you know like if i'm with you now i'm talking to you now right i'm feeding from your love and everybody listening the good people out there who who are kind and caring we we feed it we're like battery life to each other no matter where we are in this world we're battery life so you you know i really like mark i want to send him my love you do i feel it i get it and and so we're all, we're all feeding from what we feel is is a natural source which is within us and this this energy frequency that can't be measured in the sense that your your soul is so powerful it can light up hundreds of streets you, the power that is inside you is so profound that nobody wants you to know this. Nobody wants to tell you that you have the power to create anything you want. We just hear it as a, as a bumper sticker, but it's true. And that power, when I'm sat with somebody, if they're not feeling well, if they're feeling their battery life is 10% and I'm feeling 100, by the time we've both finished, their battery life may be 100 and my battery life might have gone down to 10 and I'm exhausted and they're jumping up saying, I love you, Mark, you just make me feel so good. And then they're off. And this is, a, this is a normal thing. This is great stuff. Mark Bajerski is our guest. Uh, let's imagine that um, markbajerski.com, by the way, go to youtube.com and subscribe to Mark's YouTube channel. Daily live streams and uploads there with information and conversations you really will not get anywhere else. So check him out, our great friend Mark Bajerski. Lovely to see China today, by the way. It was great. There's a real she boost. Was, she's that, yeah. so happy to see you. She's uh, she's cracking, isn't she? Cracking young lady. She's not a, a kid anymore. It's she's China. our next generation. The next generation. Thank God for it. Come here and I tell you. Um, so imagine that some people are right, that we, 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 we guess that there are galaxies. And we know in those galaxies there are stars and orbiting those stars are other planets. And we think that it stands to reason there may be intelligent life form on some of those planets. So this is a big question, but I know you'll be able to deal with it in a couple of minutes. Do we imagine then, by the way, if we accept this is true, that there is intelligent life on other planets, maybe billions of light years away, do we think 
that those beings on those planets come from the same source? That's a really interesting question because keeps me I up nights. My... Keeps me up nights. This, honest to God, it keeps I... me up nights. Yeah. You see, it's very difficult to just give a yes and no answer. So for me, the only answer I can give you is my experience. Other than that, I say, well, I'm just guessing. So my experience was one, one, one particular morning, I had answered a call. Sorry, the night before I answered a call to a man who wanted a, a reading. And um, I normally say, well, I, I've got this time and da, 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 and explain when. But for some reason, I just... I answered him whatever he said. So, look, I'd like to come tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock. I went, yeah, no problem. Put the phone down. And then I thought, hang on a minute. I just I just, <laughs> I just, agreed to do a, a reading at 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't even start till 10 o'clock. And I scratched my head wondering what the bloody hell I did. I, what, why did I just say that? And I never, never give it a second thought. But I, I made sure I put it down in my diary. And the next morning I went and uh, I started opening the door. Nobody's on the streets. Nobody's anywhere because nobody wakes up till nine o'clock in Spain, kind of in a village. So I'm, <laughs> I'm opening the door to Tickle Pink, the shop that I worked in upstairs. And um, I turned around and this guy in a, a lovely suit, kind of messy, kind of blondish hair, really good looking guy, perfect looking. I said, oh, are you, are you my eight o'clock appointment? He says, yes, I am. So I said, okay, I'm just opening up the shop. Please come upstairs with me. Shut the door behind us. We went upstairs. So he had a, a, a really a nice suit on. Sat, sat down and I sat down and I put my hands over his hands, which I normally do to start off the psychic read. Closed my eyes, started to attune to his energy. Now, as a healer, as a lot of healers out there will understand this, as soon as you put your hands over somebody, you start to feel their their life. You start to feel if they're sick, if they've got any issues, uh, and you, you just start to get to know the person just by putting your hands over them. I didn't feel anything, right? Nothing. Zero. And I thought, okay, it's 8 o'clock. It must be 8 o'clock in the morning. I, I'm, and I looked at him. I said, sorry, I, I'm, I'm not attuning. I'm not feeling anything. So I rubbed some arm oil on, breathed in again, did all the stuff. And he smiled and looked at me. And I put my hands over him again and then tried again. Nothing at all. But the strange thing was when I looked at him, his eyes from blue changed to gray. And I, and I like, I, I was trying. I was trying to be professional, but I saw that and I thought that's weird. I'm sure he had blue eyes. And then I went back again. And then I said, "Okay." I started turning some cards over because I couldn't connect to anything. And his eyes went back to blue again. Now this time I'm like, "Okay, I'm in a state of trying to feel this person, trying to read the cards and say, okay, so you're." you're, you're you're healthy. You're not healthy. You're in love. You're not in love. You're married. You've got children. Uh, nothing, nothing. And I'm like, I couldn't connect. First time it ever happened to me. Never happened to me thereafter. Right. So I couldn't feel anything. And I said, I'm really sorry. I, I, I just cannot connect. I can't feel anything. I can't see anything. And he looked at me and he says, that's interesting. And I said, oh, oh okay. I said, well, would you like a healing session? because I didn't know why he came, right? And he's saying, okay, I'm going. So I said, so would you like a healing session? Yes, please. So he, he laid down and I started doing the healing. So what healers do, what a lot of us do is we scan the body or we just stand back and feel if there's anything that we need to do. And we, we move to a certain point in the body. 
I'm scanning the body and I swear I couldn't feel anything, nothing. And I was trying to give energy and it was like I was wasting my time. Anyway, I, I, I kind of, he looked at me and he smiled and I said, I, I don't know what's wrong with me and I don't know what I, what's happening here. I says, but I can't feel anything. And he got up and he looked at me and he says, that's interesting. And, uh, and I said, so I'm really sorry. He wasn't angry. He didn't show any uh, uh, sarcasm. He didn't look like, he, you know, it just went. I said, so maybe we'll try another time. I said, but maybe it's too early. I'm not sure. He walked out of that door um, and he left. And I went to the mountains and sat down because my next client won't till 11 o'clock. So I'm sat down. I'm trying to understand what happened. I swear to God, this is what I got. This guy was not like you and I. He was from another world. What I got was this guy was actually scanning me. He wow. was taking from me information. When I was giving him healing, he was, he was drawing from me my energy. And that was the moment I realized we are not alone and they do walk amongst us. Amazing this because Timothy Good is somebody I would have interviewed a few times over the years. He's written many books on this subject. Timothy believes they walk amongst us. He's a lovely gentleman, Timothy. Jim Mars, rest in peace. My probably my, my best friend probably in the independent media. Never met Jim, but we used to speak a lot during the afternoon when I was preparing the show. Jim would just jump in on Skype like you do. We'd have a chat. Love Jim. Jim wrote Alien Agenda, which remains the best selling book ever on I suppose aliens and ufology. Jim believes this to be true as well and would sit there listening to this experience you had and he would go, absolutely, that makes perfect sense to me. And I only spoke to Whitley Strieber only a few weeks ago on this programme. Whitley wrote Communion. He was um, basically abducted. That's what he believes. Now, he doesn't say by who because he's very open-minded on that, but he had the experience at a cabin in upstate New York and he was taken. So there are those who believe and some present evidence that they do come here and they do interact with people, sometimes in a very benign way, as you experienced, and other times not in a benign way. Friends of ours have just winged in to say that I might be wrong to imagine other worlds as physical things, that they might not yes. be. They might be interdimensional things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Abs they're absolutely correct. We, you see, when we're when we're presenting something to people, people like to see in a, a kind of three D or whatever D effect, like A B C. This is what it is. This is what it looks like. And 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 life is nothing like that. Actually, life is so many different levels, so many different, um, uh, I don't know the word, but it, it's, it's, you, you could take one aspect of any conversation and you can, you can break that down into a thousand different conversations. But the problem is we've been told, we've been brainwashed, we've been programmed by this very, very clever, very clever world that they've created to make us say that everything is black and white and it isn't. And there is so many different other things happening at any given moment. But the reason why they make it black and white is, as you know, so we fight, we argue. We are never, ever shown at school as children that things are multidimensional. There are so many aspects of one thing. 
we're not shown that because if if we are as children we can we can negotiate we can discuss we can we can look at things in a different perspective and see things as not black and white and that is how they got us they got us by telling us it's either um black or white that's it so you're either right or wrong that's right, yeah. There's nothing to it except binary choice. We've 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 learned so much about this in recent years about how the controllers use binary choice to to end debates, to shut down discussion, to probably destroy intellectualism, if you can say that. You know, everything is very simplistic. You know, if you say, yes, we should welcome migrants to our country, you're good. And if you say, well, hang on a second, it might not be the best thing. Well, then you are evil. There's no room for anything else. And that's just one particular subject. It, it works for everything. You know, it works for what we're discussing now. It is 25 minutes past the hour. I've got to read a few comments, my friend. Let me read the comments. We're in vision. This is the first time I've put a guest in vision on Rumble. I've been on Rumble for a week and a half now. I'm not thrilled about it. It was something I promised I would do. This is a radio show. And the reason I'm not thrilled about it is ego. And you know this. I can't lie to you. It's ego. Right, we get hundreds of thousands of listeners to this programme a week and people go on Rumble, they see 25 people. I'm going to use a bad word now. Fuck that, you know. We've been doing this for nine years. We, we don't have 25 listeners. But it's not even that. It's the Envision thing. Do you agree with me? Now, you do a lot in Vision, and it works beautifully on your YouTube channel. But I have this thing, energetically, that when you're listening to the radio, and I think of the late but truly great Jerry Ryan, the late and equally as great Terry Wogan. You absorb more information when you listen exclusively, maybe as opposed to when you watch. Now, you might say no, because you have had a lot of success with putting information in the public domain, <clears throat> doing it on your YouTube channel, where there's a lot going on in your lovely room, you know. So am I right? Am I wrong? Just before I read the comments, what do you think? No, there's no right and wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's opinion. No, well, what it is is that some people, um, uh, you'll you'll get five people in a room and uh, you'll ask them all to close their eyes and meditate. Some will open their eyes because they f they they feel it more powerful if they're looking at me while I'm doing it. And somebody else will will half open their eyes and then close it again just to feel comfortable. And some will just totally get in with the closing of their eyes. Same with this. So, like some of my clients. I'll, I'll listen to a podcast and love it while they're driving because then they're not looking at the screen. So it's easier and they can embrace that. And then some people want to connect. Some people want to connect by visual because it's healing. So you'll find this Richard, because when you start to become successful and do shows all over the country, which I know you will, that will happen. People will want to come to see you because there's a form of healing in that interaction and connection. So I, again, nothing's wrong and right, but I tell you what, at the beginning, if you ever watch any of my first videos on YouTube, I'm a wreck. I'm shaking. I don't want to do it. It's not really what I want to do, but I want to make people feel better. And the more I did it, the more you get used to it. The more you get used to it, it means it means nothing then. And then you look into the camera and you look at the screen, which I, when I first did it, I said, but it's a camera. How can I actually do this? It's a bloody camera. It's not that person. But then when you look into that camera and somebody else is looking back at you, 
that that's that's just your perception but when you're looking in that camera and you're saying you know what I, with all my heart i love you with all my heart i truly want you to feel better and you mean it and they can see it they can see you and they'll say jesus christ he's talking to me and i am talking to you so it it, it comes from a place of love i don't come from a place of ego I like a nice clean house. I like to try and tidy myself. I got stupid t-shirts on just to make people realize that I'm not that They're serious. Cool t-shirts. I like those t-shirts. But then at the end of it, if I if I have really done my work correctly, which you do, you have to do your work correctly. You you study, you look at what you're doing, you work hard, and you come across with passion and I'm the same. That's what I try and do. And I mean it. I don't do it for the likes. That's why my 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 Facebook got deleted. If I started doing it like the uh, all the rest of, I mean, we talked about this today. How many other people do this for the reasons of 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 the the greatest power and attention of all the wrong reasons? We don't do it for that. We do it for for the love. And if we've really found something that we've liked and worked with, like a crystal, like hey guys, I worked with this last night. Jesus Christ, it's Herkimer Diamond. It blew me away. You're not trying to sell. You're not trying to. All right, I do sell them. Of course I do. But go anywhere and get one and give it a try. Do what you want. I, I said, do I sell? I don't sell t-shirts, but I, I used to do. I give them away now. But you know, if I sell t-shirts, I'm doing it because somebody appreciates the t-shirt I've got. And hey, Mac, I really like that t. Hey, Mac, I really like the crystal. Please sell them. But you're always gonna get in life people who say, "Nah, he's just doing it because he's selling a T-shirt or mugs, trying to make." No, sell it because I know it works. It works for me. Give it a try. Or you sell a T-shirt, which you know, obviously, you should do and you will do. But the T-shirt will be relevant to people, and they'll feel it, and they'll say, "This I wear this with pride. I wear it with love." I sorry, all words are hijacked now. Pride, I've got to be careful pride. what I say. But no, right. you know, everything's been hijacked. So you've got to be careful what you say. So that's another thing. Mind your words. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm going to read some comments before I do. Um, people on Rumble will see this. Maybe they won't. Uh, about four and a half or five years ago, Mark presented me with this. He gave one to uh, El Frago Tremendo as well. It's a Maldivite crystal. I always wear it. I know for a time you didn't believe me. Um, it's not that you didn't believe me, but you knew I was, you know, I, this is a world that I knew very little about, but I've worn this. And you know, since the day you've given me this, since the day you gave me this Maldivite, I haven't lost a single bar fight, you know that. I've had 375 Bacardi boozed up bar fights all across Salford, and I've won every one of them. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, that's the power of Maldivite. I never had a, I've note, never had a fight in a pub, by the way. I know ever. you haven't. On, you don't need to. You just need to stand and look at somebody. No, They're like, yeah, no, you no. know what? I'll, I'll choose somebody else. <laughs> so, so the, this is a true fact, right? And <clears throat> it's true what they're saying right now. They're not hiding things. It's there in plain sight. You just need to see it. So I'll give you a great example. I've got um, what Richie Allen's got on, which is uh, a Maldivite. It's there. I'll tell you a fascinating story. The, I went to a place called Besanice in uh, the Czech Republic. So this was a meteorite and it fell and it landed in Germany and all the, the little pieces shot off and they landed in the Czech Republic. When I was there, I heard a wonderful story by one of the old people who lived there and said, do you know, Mark, many, many years ago, the Russians came here and offered our village 
X amount of money to tidy the village, put the, the roads down, make it all wonderful and give charity to this community in Besanice for uh, Moldavite. So they sent in their trucks, they dug, uh, I don't know how many fields, they took tons and tons of, of earth with Moldavites away in military trucks. Now, there's something on Netflix at the moment, and it's just come out. I don't know what it's called, but I like to watch Netflix to see what they're telling us. And lo and behold, there is a meteorite heading to this planet, ready uh, to kill us all. And what do they need on this planet? They're looking for a piece of meteorite that can be used for something that then might save the Earth. So I just found that fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I must check that out because I, I am, shamefully, I am a, a Netflix sub, subscriber. Right, we're going to read a few comments now. Darren B says, what a fascinating story from Mark about coming into contact with, with those possibly from other planets or other dimensions that we are unaware of integrating amongst us. Antonio says, congratulations to Mark. He just described it all about how things work out in this world and what um, responsibilities each one of us have uh, about what happens in this life. Well done, Antonio. Dave, the nurse says, alien, possibly angel, uh, speaking with Mark. Colin. I've got, I've got, I've got, another, I've got another story about meeting uh, what I believe was an angel too so we Do might you? leave that for another day but yeah. there's a different there is a different I can yeah I can go very deep into the difference between that energy of a, uh, alien and the energy of of um what what I believed I met uh, what only once just like that once and that once but yeah there's a difference but you're right He's right. Well done. There's, there's well, well spotted. I'm going to race through a few more. It's 26 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. Colin reckons tarot cards, Ouija boards, crystals. He says, and um, oh no, 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 sorry, make. no. He's saying he says invite demons into your world. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. This is what, yeah, yeah and then yeah, that that's a that's a, an interesting uh, topic of conversation that we could talk for hours we, about. It's huge, but, yeah. But it's all to do with intention as well. Yeah, we touched on this briefly in the past. Dave, the nurse says it's all vibration, Richie. The higher and faster the more powerful the light, lower vibration consciousness, literally a shriek in pain as the light burns them. Bit of truth in the old vampire stories, he says. I'm going to read loads of these as quick as I can. Kelly says, love listening to Mark. Fascinating, uplifting. I agree with Ike regarding pedophiles being possessed by dark entities. Uh, she says, if we all did shadow work, then it has no power over us. Carl Jung nailed it in his essay, The Undiscovered Self, says Kelly. Donald says, today in West Cork, Ireland, temperatures below 20 degrees Celsius and also rain and hailstone. Is that uh, real or could it be weather manipulation? And let me jump right in to the app because I'm trying to split between the app and the website. Hi to... Elaine, who says, uh, she's watching on Rumble. Thank you, Elaine. Hi to Mark, uh, who says, when you become successful, you are already there, I think what he means. Uh, Paul says, you watch with your ears, is the saying used when making videos. That's our Paul Ripley, by the way. Good evening, Paul. You watch with your ears. That's a saying used when making videos. Chris, uh, Christopher says, uh, he says, Mark, I feel there is positive energy coming from Richie ever since he started the Melodies show. And then when he spoke about his scan, dropping off a little bit, but when we heard about the passing of a much-loved guest, but it's come back now. But I suppose all of our energy is up uh, and down. Mine is exactly. up and down all exactly. the time. Yeah. 
Exactly, Richard. We're up and down, all of us. That we're, we're all radiators and drains at one point in the month, and we're all happy and all sad. That's the whole point. And yes, all you're doing is witnessing energy changing from uh, person to person. A lot of the times, though, we actually uh, cold read. So it's, e it's easy to cold read. But what makes a true healer and one who can really see is the one that doesn't uh, listen or doesn't uh, watch but closes their eyes and feel them. That's when you truly understand what um, uh, energy is in and around somebody. Uh, Jean Ann was in touch. She, th th this is our Jean Ann, the actress, of course, and, and multi-talented um, lady, extraordinary woman. She remembers you telling her the story about that encounter with that person, that energy, that entity. And she says, we do feed off each other's energy, as in post-performance on stage, for instance, performer energy drained and audiences fed. So after you've done the play in the Abbey Theatre in Dublin or in one of the big theatres in London, you come off knackered, but the audience goes away invigorated. There's always an exchange of energy, says Jean Anne. 100%. Jean Anne's uh, um, not only a, a modern day guru, in my opinion, but she's a, a beautiful, well balanced soul and she's well loved by so many. Um, but yeah, she's absolutely right. The, the, and what makes it even more beautiful is when you're in circle, uh, people come from all over the place. They don't know who you are. You'll understand this when you start to do it. And people come, uh, there's certain people in the crowds who understand energy and they will feed you as you are feeding the audience. And it, it's incredible. And I used to go up to certain people after a circle night and shake their hand or give them a cuddle and just whisper in their ear, thank you so much for what you did tonight. And they'd always look at me and smile and go, you're welcome. Fantastic, Mark. This is amazing. I, I really, I love these conversations. I really do. And Christopher is right. The melodies definitely changed my, you know, path, pathway in terms of doing uh, the shows. I was fed up of it all. I was going to quit it. Um, people like you, amazingly enough, there aren't too many people like you, but you and one other person in particular weren't saying to me, oh, don't, uh, don't stop it. You were saying, um, do whatever feels right for you to do. Feel it and then go and do it. Don't, you don't were... listen to anybody. Don't listen to anybody. Listen to your to yourself. feeling. Yeah. Because yeah. so many people, I remember sat watching all these people. I told my daughter this. I said, there's, there's people in this world that will go around the whole of the, the, the room and go for readings waiting for the one person to give them the information what they want to hear. And you know what? Forget that. Forget all of that. Just follow your own truth and you don't need confirmation from other people. However, you do need to look at yourself and ask yourself the question, am I doing this for the right reasons? Dogs are unconditional love. They give unconditional loves. That's what dogs do. It's unconditional. No matter what, they love you just because of love sake. What do you do? Why do you do it? Do you do it un unconditional or is the conditions attached? Most of us attach conditions to what we do. So for me, I try to do everything with unconditional love. I try and follow the footsteps or the paws of my doggy. And I found that when I follow the, the paws of my doggy, I live a happier life. I know it sounds weird. It's crazy. But when you do things from your heart and you don't expect anything back, there's no business deal involved. It's just out of love. When you give out of love, but don't want anything back, there is something in that which is so profound and, and so 
unbelievably divine that something changes in you and the healing within you is so powerful that things just happen. Magic happens thereafter. No, you don't do it because of that reason. You do it because you do it for unconditional giving. It's called unconditional giving. That's what I call it. And there's something that happened. So, you know, start, start to do good deeds for the right reasons and you'll see how your life changes. Before I read a really interesting comment from Boy Cub, really interesting one, which might be the last thing we deal with. Before I do that, um, an, an, an amazing thing continues to happen with the Melodies program, which you discussed on the show probably 18 months or two years ago. And it is during or afterwards, somebody will send me a very emotional email saying that they were thinking about somebody very special to them either the day before or on the morning and they were at a low web and then I played a song and they would say it couldn't have been a coincidence Richie and but the, the good thing is they tell me the name of the song and when I go back in my mind and think why did that end up on the playlist for the show there isn't an earthly reason for it it isn't okay. because I chose it or I thought about it specifically I might have been thinking that morning I need something a little bit out of left field or I need something from the 50s or I need something from the 60s and next thing this will show up and that's happened too many times um, to mention yeah, really not, yeah yeah, not you, you can't not you, you can't dismiss that no, because there's no, something no. in it you, if it happens once or twice but if it happens quite a lot then then there's something in it so you know I was a, a non-believer completely a non-believer and then I started seeing these things happen. And then I started understanding why these things happened. And a lot of the times people um, in this spiritual field of work start to talk about something which I believe is a wonderful thing, but isn't the key point of the reason why they talk about it. So there's a book called The Secret, and it talks about what you think about and what you ask for um, will be given to you by the universe. Now, that is a, a, a kind of like um, a one way of seeing things. But when you really look deep into all of this, you start to realize that there's something more to the universe. And that is that we are family in the spirit world, our conscious family in the spirit world, the consciousness that works all the time with us every second of the day, they know what we're thinking, what we're doing. They actually even know our future in a certain sense. They know our past. They know everything about us. They know our health. They know what's happening inside our body. They know what's happening with our friends and family. They know what's happening with you, Richie. They know who you are, what you are. They know your thoughts. And if your thoughts relate to the thoughts of what they need for the helping guide of their family member that they're going to bring to the show for some reason, they don't know why they went to the show, but somebody showed them something on social media or sports them in their ear and said, hey, there's a show called The Rich Allen Show. Oh, I didn't know about that. I listened to it today. They listened to it. Their family members will then come to you and then whisper in your ear, hey, how about Sam Cooke? This is a great record. Hey, guys, I'm looking at Sam Cooke. We're going to play this. This person then starts crying because the father just passed away and he used to love Sam Cooke. This is the power of our home world called the spirit world. It isn't a secret. It isn't asking you'll receive in the sense that the universe will give. It's that your family in spirit love you and watch you and listen, and they will help you as far as your spiritual healing path allows. Brilliant, Dad. It's 16 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. 
Um, I believe, this is a belief, I have no evidence to support this, but I believe that the explosion in terms of, the, the explosion of children who believe that they are in the wrong body, I believe that what it comes down to is, and this is very simplistic, but um, I believe that, what, that, that these kids who believe in, they're in the wrong body, I believe most of them are gay. Uh, gay men, I believe they are gay men. And I believe the most, I don't believe in homophobia, but if you want to believe in homophobia, the most homophobic people are the extremists in the trans lobby. And they are telling young boys, because I imagine any gay boy or any gay girl, it's a very difficult thing, I imagine, to come to terms with and to deal with and, and to, to overcome and accept and accept that you're gay. And I believe that what's happening is that they're, 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 these, these lobbyists are giving these kids who are gay a get-out-of-jail card and saying, well, you're not really gay, you're just in the wrong body. I think this is terribly damaging. This is just my opinion, right? And um, a lot of gay men and gay women agree with this. Boy Cub says this, could trans people be confused with their sexuality or confused with their gender identity because they were a different biological sex in a previous incarnation? Maybe this time is their first iteration he says as the opposite sex so they don't feel right even though they're meant to learn something from being the opposite this time around what a fascinating question what do you think of that yeah the only thing i understand about that is that i've met you know i, I met a child who played a piano who never played one in their life i met somebody who walked up a street and knew which street uh, they were walking up and they knew that there was a building and a and a strange shape um a window frame and they didn't they didn't even come from that country i know people who have talked to me about them being um uh you know cleopatra um all the famous um uh gods goddesses and I, I just don't really know about things like that. I don't really truly understand all of that. And I don't really focus too much on it because there's too much. Uh, it's easy to to use spirituality when you do things that aren't very good and nice. And I think far too many people use spirituality as a form of defense or a form of bullying or a form of getting away with, um, you know, get out of jail. So I don't really know, Richard. It's not something I, you know, but I do believe in, 100% believe in reincarnation. And, and when it comes to gay and um, transsexual and bisexual, I just know one thing, Richard, that the power of persuasion and the power of thought and the power of uh, TV and uh, the, 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 the disgusting, despicable, um, drugs that are made, which uh, cause um, you know animals from uh, from um, uh, being a frog, a male frog, then turns into a, a female frog. Uh, so there there are there are certain things that are put into our foods and waters that are changing um, the physical and the mental and what we watch on TV. So they're normalizing anything and everything. And my my humble opinion to all of this is to cause as much chaos in the world, because when you cause chaos in the world, you can you can easily um, do what you want to to change the world when the world's in chaos. When like prior to all of this, the world was happy. 
everybody was getting on with each other. There was gays, there was lesbians, everybody was happy. The gay pride wasn't nothing like it is now. It's crazy. It's gone wild. Whereas everybody got on. I used to go to the gay clubs. I used to go to the gay pride in, in uh, Brighton. It was nothing like Best it is music. now. It's all been hijacked. Yeah. So it was fine before. There was nothing wrong. But the thing, the thing with all of that is that everybody was finding their strength. Everybody was confident. Everybody was happy. Everybody was, was creating. Everybody was making money. Everybody was doing well. Everybody was traveling. Everybody was loving life. And everybody was questioning Everybody was questioning the bully in the playground. Everybody was pointing the fingers saying, hang on a minute, these, these governments, these global governments, they're, they're not very good. So they needed to cause chaos. That's what the bully does. And the bully then distracts you all by doing as much damage as they can in the playground. So they laugh at all of everybody fighting each other. So now they can take control of it again. And that's what I see. This is just the More playground. Divide effect. and conquer. Divide and conquer. We've got exactly six minutes mm -hmm. left. I know you want to say something, but do keep an eye on the clock. We've got six minutes. Before you say it, um, I've had an email during the show from a gentleman called Nicholas at Patreon who tells me that he's going to look into why we didn't get the funds that came in in June for the show. So that's nice, right? Um, wow. and, I'm, and, and, and this is why I never go Pete Tong on all this stuff, because you never know if it's censorship or if it isn't. Um, you just don't know. And I never said it was. I said, we don't know. So a guy's got in touch with me on the 4th of July. Fair play to him. He's working in California. And he said oh. he's going to have a look into it. So thank God for that. that that's, that's the first thing. So we'll see because... Um, you know, th 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 look, every penny counts for 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 something like this. Let me say this though, I finally listened to my pal Gene Ann. I finally listened to <laughs> El Frogo Tremendo, and I finally listened to one or two of the listeners. And today, out of the Richie Allen show balance, we have a bank account for the Richie Allen show. I've paid a hundred and twenty pounds for three months. You've got to pay an initial three months. We will have a Royal Mail. P.O. Box, P.O. Box address, <laughs> which will be when I receive the address, it will be the BBG, P.O. Box, whatever, whatever, Salford, right? Because obviously I work from home. We don't put the home address in the public domain because of all the idiots that would, and I don't mean listeners, I mean the people who don't like the show very much. So we keep it pretty secret where we live, and that's understandable, for the same reason that really famous, because I'm not famous, but really famous people don't have their addresses in the public domain. So we will have a P.O. box. So for all those people who said in the past, if you had a P.O. box, I would send you a couple of quid in an envelope, you're going yeah. to get the opportunity from next week. I'm so, going to be the first one. I fantastic. It's going to be a P.O. box out there, the BBG. So look, so the Patreon thing, um, they tell me they're going to look into it. So that doesn't mean that somebody hasn't decided to cancel it. It doesn't mean that. But it doesn't mean that somebody has decided to cancel it. So the chap said he'd be back to me within the next 24 to 48 hours. So we'll see. But censorship, and we've got four minutes left. You've got the four minutes. Censorship is going to become a huge thing. It is now going forward. Before you have the final word, markbierski.com, Mark Bierski, Mark Bierski on YouTube. Check him out, buy a book uh, and subscribe to him on YouTube. That's been an unbelievably quick hour and 15 minutes. Fascinating as always. Thank you for your time. Three and a half minutes, last word to you. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening uh, to all the people who um, watched 
and listen to the Richie Allen show, uh, show now. Thank you for being here. Um, of course, I, I do believe I am one of the most, I think on Facebook, I'm one of the most favorite uh, supporters of the Richie Allen show. Always. And I've often said this to you guys that no matter where I am in the world, I, uh, whenever I have time, I switch on the Richie Allen radio show and I learn so much. Why? Because he allows people on the show who can't speak on the mainstream. And this is the most important thing to me. This is like, like this is gold dust. This is golden nuggets of truth of you. Uh, the, 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 um, my favorite show, I've got to be honest, is when you ring in because I realize that, you know, people have this perception of, oh, these, these conspiracy theorists, they're all great. Let me tell you, you've shown us, Richard, that your listeners are the most super intelligent, wise people on this planet. And it's just so, so satisfying to listen to the show on a weekly basis and to support the show because without it, there isn't anything like this show. All the other shows are all that I watch are all that uh, uh, they, they do it for other reasons. You do it for love and you do it all yourself. All these other shows, the Joe Rogans, the brands, all of these, these are all platforms which have been set up. You do it all on your own. And, and thus we feel it. Every one of us feel this energy. So we all do our best to contribute. And those who can't contribute because they really don't have anything, I, I, I'm successful now and I'm happy to say it and I'm proud I'm successful. And because of that, I'm able to share more. And I look upon when I help the show and other, other shows that I want to help, I, I do it because I do it for you. I do it. So don't ever feel bad because you can't afford because I, I will help. But if you can help, then let's keep this show going. And uh, I don't want to talk about me or anything else. I just want to say that that this show is so important to all of us. And that's why I'll never stop until your last breath. Um, so keep going, Richard. And uh, from everybody that said to me today, please tell Richard we love him. It's true, Richard. We love you. We love you for who you are, what you do. And we feel your passion. We feel everything. We feel your bad days. We feel your good days. We feel your joy days when you do the, do the Sunday show and we're with you. We, we are a family. And, and I think that's what keeps this world alight. Uh, that's why darkness hasn't fully taken over for shows like this, which are very few and far between. So please guys contribute if you can. And if you can, I'm here. I can't follow that. Thanks very much for those words. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for being on again. We'll speak again in the next few weeks, no doubt, on this programme. We'll speak off air. Go to markpierski.com. I said already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Videos daily, uploads, live streams. Check it out. Thanks, buddy. Great to have you back. And as I said, yeah, it was great to see China today too. So more yeah, power to thank her. Thank you. She was so chuffed. So thank you so much, Richard. Keep shining. And uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, the show. Thanks, buddy. God, God, God bless Mark. Mark Bajerski, live on the Richie Allen Radio Show, Tuesday's edition. Um, that's it for me, I think. Thanks to him. I'll keep you up, uh, updated on the Patreon thing. But uh, I've had an email from a, a gentleman called Nicholas there who says he's going to look into it and apologised for any inconvenience. Tried to uh, withdraw the money that, that you sent to Patreon last month and it just disappeared. And you, you, you're bound to be a bit suspicious about that because it happened in the past. But I made no definitive, you know, 
I, I didn't say what, what, what did or didn't happen. I said I don't know. I mean, I feared the worst, but look, you never know. Thanks again to Mark. Thank you. Back again tomorrow at 5 o'clock UK time. Garodo Colmon will be live on the programme tomorrow. I'm sure I have another guest as well. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. And again to our American listeners, have a fantastic rest of your 4th of July. Enjoy the Barbie and the fireworks and all the rest of that. And of course, the sport, because it's a big day in sport, isn't it, for uh, our American friends. Closing out the programme with Bob Dylan, right? Speak tomorrow.